Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1234 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. This is Oilers Now, where guests receive guest certificates from Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Roos Chris in Edmonton, the 99th Roos Chris to open up uh, on 99th Street. I'm telling you, it kind of makes sense, right? Tell Maggie. Brennan and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. All right. Well, uh, one guy whose career we've uh, continuously um, monitored has been Chris Knobloch, uh, who's a former Alberta Golden Bear, uh, Western Hockey League player. Uh, he went to uh, the Memorial Cup with the Kootenai Ice, winning the WHL Championship in 2011. Uh, in 2012-13, headed off uh, to Erie. And uh, coached Connor McDavid for a couple of years, Dylan Strom for, I think, uh, three years. And uh, he's the only man to have a uh, four straight 50-plus win seasons in major junior hockey. Last two years in the Flyers, he is now the head coach of the Hartford Wolfpack, which is the New York Rangers farm team. And Chris joins us from uh, the Eastern Seaboard. Chris, how you doing? Good. Thanks for having me, Bob. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you had, an, uh, I, I guess, an interesting summer because your name was linked to uh, a lot of uh, a lot of other opportunities. I know uh, Nashville and Los Angeles were two of the teams that you're potentially looking at as an NHL assistant coach. How did this thing happen with uh, the Rangers organization in Hartford? Um, yeah, no, it's kind of ongoing. Um, I were able to you know, stay in contact with the general manager, Chris Drury, for quite a while. And I think they wanted to reach out and talk to a lot of coaches, interview them. And, um, you know, I kind of thought that the window had passed for me, but um, I ended up getting a job late July. And, uh, you know, absolutely thrilled to join the organization. Yeah, I, I you know, I know when we talked to you in the past, I got the sense that, you know, you took the the chance uh, after leaving Erie to be an NHL assistant. How much do you think that'll help you uh, moving forward as a head coach, having those two years working on Dave Hackstall's staff? Um, no, I, I thought it was really good. Uh, not only Dave Hackstall, but other my assistants there, Ian LaPerrier, Cord Murphy, guys who've been coaching the NHL for quite a while in assistant roles. But, um, 
the pro level, um, you know, I got a lot of experience, learned a lot of things from it. And, um, you know, just because it is a jump from uh, from junior, and I spent all my coaching career doing, um, being in, the, in junior ranks or in the OHL and the WHL. So it's good to, you know, have that experience. Guys who are a little bit older play a little different game. So it was beneficial for me. Uh, what's the biggest difference, do you think, between uh, coaching pro and coaching junior? Besides the fact well, that they're older, more mature players. I, I think the biggest thing is in the NHL is uh, scheduling, um, where there is very, very little practice time. Uh, when there is practice time, it's uh, anywhere between 20 and maybe 40 minutes, um, and you're getting that at maybe twice a week. Um, in junior, you've got three, maybe four days to practice every week and then just load a bunch of games on the weekend. So the... Um, the American League is a lot more similar to junior schedule than the uh, NHL schedule. So, uh, you know, but um, you know, there's a lot to lot to think about when you're you're considering the the schedule and the players training and all that. Chris Knobloch, the head coach of the Hartford Wolfpack, joining us, Bob Stauffer with you. Oilers now Hartford is the HL affiliate for the New York Rangers organization, and they are Chris. They are, they've got a lot of young, talented forwards right now. I mean, you're not going to see Capo Caco like he's going to be with the Rangers. Um, you know, Leah Sanderson, like uh, Philip Hedel, uh, like they've got they've got a lot of guys coming, don't they? I got the Russian kid as well. So, have they given you any kind of ideas to sort of what you're going to be dealing with talent wise? Um, yeah, I met uh, went to Hartford last week and sat down there with uh, the general manager Chris Drury and the assistant general manager Pat Bowler and went over a, a gro- uh, kind of a ghost roster and. But, um, you know, things are always changing where, you know, there are guys coming to camp and high expectations, uh, trades. There might be somebody gets traded or come in. But uh, I do have a kind of an idea what um, the roster looks like and looks very promising. I know in the past, uh, you know, Hartford hasn't had much success because all their resources and attention has been spent towards the, the Rangers organization. But now... I think there's been a lot more emphasis on development and making sure the players are getting prepared to play in the National Hockey League, and they want all the resources um, put forth at the AHL level so the players are ready. Uh, I know because I got phone calls from people around WHL circles, your preference at this stage was to stay pro. Is that right? It was. Um, you know, I had uh, another year left on my contract here in Philadelphia, which allowed me a little more breathing room. I could shop around, look for that uh, uh, job that I wanted. Um, you know, unfortunately, I, I did get it. Um, you know, if I didn't have that year contract, I probably would have been in a different situation. And, you know, I probably would have taken a, a job to come back to the Western Hockey League. But, um, you know, I was able to kind of hold out and was able to land the job in Hartford. Yeah. Have you uh, continued to kind of, I mean, I know you're coaching the Flyers last season. You guys went through a, a pretty traumatic change there, right? Ron, Ron Hextall gets fired as general manager, and obviously the coaching change occurs with Hextall, who you were sort of brought in with as well. Um, you know, and I, I just, I mean, it kind of frankly mirrored, Chris, what happened here in Edmonton. You know, we had Peter Shirelli, we had Todd McClellan there, uh, both guys that came in with strong reputations. McClellan's had no difficulty whatsoever getting another NHL head coaching job. And you did uh, interview in Nashville and Los Angeles. What were the, what were those experiences like for you? Um, yeah, it's good. It's always nice. Um, you know, even if you don't get a job, it's it's good to 
reach out and network with other coaches and also makes you think about you know what is important to your coaching and what kind of what what's a good fit for you um you know la and nashville were two excellent organizations would have loved to join them um you know i think they got very promising futures for both of them but um you know after i left the uh the Flyers, I was kind of sitting on the fence of what was best for me to stay in the NHL or, you know, get an American League head coaching job. And, um, you know, I was kind of leaning towards a head coaching job. And, you know, if the other opportunities would have been available for me, I, you know, might have taken those too. But, um, I, you know, I preferred, I've enjoyed being a head coach as just he's involved. You got much more, um, uh, uh, more decision making, more—I um, don't know—it's just—it's just more uh, rewarding being that head coach. So, you know, I get to do that again at a different level, and hopefully, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Have you discussed with Chris Drury how much flexibility you'll have in terms of selecting the lineup on a night by night basis? I know there's some organization, Nashville in particular, during the days of Paul Fenton, uh, when he was the assistant GM to uh, David Poyle. Uh, Nashville was one organization where it was cut and dried. This is you're you're told who you're playing. Uh, have you had that sort of discussion yet with Chris? I mean, how much latitude you're going to be given? Um, yeah, we, we've discussed it, and um, ultimately, my job is to get players ready for the New York Rangers. Um, but you know, I'm trying to create an environment uh, winning. Um, helps speed up the process of development for all the players. And winning is important, but it's not the most important thing. So there's been a lot of communication on what's best for the team, but also what's best for the players at the time and who's going to be getting called up and how – because coaches often um, get hard on players of, you know, they don't like what they're seeing. and um, But, you know, from the press box, the management watching it, they can see something totally different. So – I think there's going to be a lot of communication on where players fit in and how they're being used. And, you know, everywhere I've worked, I've had a lot of communication with the general managers, and I think that's that's the best way to do it because, uh, um, like I said before, you, sometimes coaches, the players um, kind of get under your skin and you end up looking at all their faults when really um, they're contributing a lot to the team. So, you know, I, I think it's very important that the general manager and coach has that communication and it's ongoing. Chris Knobloch joining us, uh, who's uh, been a head coach for the Erie Otters and the OHL, the Kootenai Ice, and the uh, Western Hockey League. Uh, last couple of years with the Flyers, now the head coach to the Hartford Wolfpack. Chris, I mentioned, you know, Leah Sanderson and Philip Edel and uh, Vitaly Kravtsov, as well as uh, Capo Caco. Uh, I want to ask you about a, uh, those guys are all forwards. The Rangers drafted a couple defensemen in the first round of 2018. They took Keandre uh, Miller at 22 and Nils Lundqvist at 28. Are either of those guys expected to be uh, potentially uh, – have either of them signed yet at this stage? Do you know? Um, no. No, I'm not sure where their their future is right now. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, not that I know of. Because Miller was at Wisconsin, and Lundqvist was obviously playing uh, for Lulia over in the uh, Swedish Elite League. So th- those were a couple first. I'm just, I'm just wondering whether or not you, do you have a bit of a sense at this stage as to, to what your lineup's going to be looking like uh, moving forward in, in, in Hartford, you know, what, what sort of team you're, you're going to have there. 
Um, yeah, no, they they went out and signed uh, some veteran players um, because I think in the American League to have success, you do need some character um, uh, uh, veterans who can, can play and contribute every night on the ice. But probably more importantly, showing those young players uh, the pro lifestyle and what it takes to um, play um, throughout the season. Um, just because, um, you know, there's quite a change from being a junior um, and then moving on to the American League is just the commitments. You're living on your own. You're um, you're responsible for your house, your, your bills, and all this stuff. Um, you don't have... Uh, curfews like you do in junior and somebody watching over you so um you know there's only so much the coaching can do that's so important for a good organization to have those veterans to do that also they had sean day there and for the fans that are listening to the show some would remember sean day was that was he not granted exceptional uh, athlete status by the ohl at some stage yeah i think there's been five um players Granted exceptional status, um, and I believe he was the last one um, and played for the in Mississauga and the OHL, played for five years um, yep. and winning a Memorial Cup with a Windsor. Meeting you, be, um, you guys in the final, right? Yes, yeah, and he actually, um, yeah, when he went to Windsor, he actually had a really good, um, good season that year and was a very big contributor to the Memorial Cup team. All right. Uh, well, he'll be one of the guys you're working with this year. Chris, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, we'll touch base down the road. Thanks for your time, okay? Anytime. Thank you very much, Paul. Yep, that's Chris Knobloch. He's the head coach of the Hartford Wolfpack of the American Hockey League. It's 1246 in Edmonton. Speaking of uh, Todd McClell, I, I saw Todd uh, in, in Kelowna a couple weeks ago uh, in good spirits. Also bumped into uh, Ken and Cal Nichols out at Paradise Estates. Nice place. Uh, yeah, it was a, a good time. Brendan, did you miss me? Like, did you? I don't think you really missed me that much. I just got that. So you never call, you know, you never said, hey, what's going on? You know, there's not a lot of stuff going on. I was just leaving you to your own oh, devices. Like I have, you only I have get about, away once a year, right? I, I have about 30. Hey, this was the first time I went two weeks without even calling back into the show once. So we've gone uh, 47 minutes into the show and haven't even discussed Yesa Poliarvi yet. What's going on there? You can text us at 630-630. We'll get to our Heartland Ford text line momentarily. Uh, Brent Sutter, Cam Moon coming up. Uh, Brent will do a little bit of uh, storytelling. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With us, we'll have a little bit of a look at the Red Deer Rebels this year, WHL as well. Lots to still come up on orders now. 
Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Is this actually another Sweat Hog reference that we've done? We opened the show up with Welcome Back from Welcome Back, Cotter. I did not know this. Paul says, Bob, peanut butter and jelly, it wiggles in Cervelli's belly. See, I, I don't remember that one. Up your nose with a rubber hose. I mean, that's sort of deep, literal work. You just don't see that type of writing anymore in television. It's just, it's just, it's not that. There's too much reality TV. Like the Brendan, you'll 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 experience this one day. It's twelve fifty in Edmonton, by the way. You'll eventually have children, Brendan, and your wife will be watching shows like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. And there's some Love Island or The Bachelorette goes to the island or something, and you're like, oh man, it's it's it's. I think it's a sure sign that the apocalypse is upon us. That there's that much real, like the Big Brother fans out. I, I, Big Brother, really. I kind of get the voice. Like, I get those sort of shows. America's Got Talent, the voice. I get those shows. But the uh, the most dramatic rose ceremony of all time. Much preferred the days of the sweat hogs myself. Now, do you watch uh, the murder mystery shows? Otherwise, uh, what did James Duffy from TSN uh, rename them? The Husband Did It. Uh, are you talking like true crime stuff, yes, like forensic true, files? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like uh, prime time, uh, you know, um, CBS has got 48 hours. Dateline? Yeah, NBC's, NBC's yep. got Dateline. Yep. Th- those shows are pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. There are some crazy people out there, man. And I, hey, that's not meant as a euphemism in a negative fashion. There are some uh, screwed up individuals. All right, it's 12.52 at Edmonton, and one, one might say that the guy hosting the show might be one of them. You can text us at 6.30, Tweet us at Oilers now. Phil says, Bob, it's obvious Brendan didn't call you when you were on holidays. It's not only because he didn't miss you, also he didn't need you. Hmm. Well, there's been some other ones that have suggested otherwise. So I, But thank you, Phil, for the positive reinforcement. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Yes, Apoliarvi. What's what are your sources telling you on Yes, Apoliarvi? There, Brendan. What do you got? Well, my sources right now are the Finnish media outlets, and uh, it, it changes every day. It's the one day they're taking a firm stance, and the next they're they're backing off a little bit. So, <laughs> I, what do you say about it at this point? What do you say? Ah, uh, I would say that the Oilers have to get a decent prospect and a pick for him if they're going to trade him. They have to get, and that, and that's probably, you know what? It's going to be tough to get that. Sorry, like if, if you think, uh, unfortunately for Poliarvi, and we're hearing conflicting reports now that maybe there was more obstinance than we thought at some stages in terms of some offers for assistance. Um. There seems to be something lost in translation here, literally and figuratively from the beginning. And you know what? When you've missed the playoffs 12 out of 13 years, an organization has to accept a segment or a portion of responsibility. But some might also say there's, you know, like for a lot of, a lot of fans, are like, well, you guys blew with Yakupov and you blew with Bulliarvi. Well, then do you turn around and give them credit for Drysaddle being better than everybody thought? Because I don't think people thought when Edmonton drafted Leon Draisaitl that he'd ever score 50 goals in an NHL season. 
Not sure. Um, part of back to the points totals for the players. I mean, to me, Edmonton's D is going to transition over the next two years and be a much better transition defense by the time it brings in Bouchard maybe full-time by next fall and the year after Broberg. And then it's going to have a very different-looking defense. But in, if you don't have that impetus coming from the back end, it limits some of what your forwards could do as well. But in Yakupov's case and Polyarvi, where there's similarities in terms of, well, did Neil Yakupov ever play in the minors? Because Polyarvi did briefly go down. Like three times, in each of the three years that he was pro. Um, I would say that Neil's command of English was much better than Polyarvi. Sometimes I got the sense that yes and knew more than maybe he was letting on to, knowing. And um, I think that if the orders, revisionist history is wonderful, right? You look back at the Yakupov pick, I was hosting the show every day during that stretch, and there was more support to draft Neil Yakupov in 2012 than there was to take Taylor Hall in 2010 because Sagan was a viable option in 2010. And frankly, more support to take Yakupov in 2012 than to take Nugent Hopkins in 2011. Some people thought maybe they needed to go for a defenseman like Adam Larson. Others suggested, what about Gabriel Landeskog? Right? In Yakupov's case, you know, a lot of people were on the act train, and it didn't work out. But it didn't just work out not in Emmett. Didn't, you know, ultimately St. Louis made a quick decision on him, and so did Colorado. He didn't progress as a player. In Pugliarvi's case, he's not at that stage yet. He can still alter the course and the direction of his career, but he's got to take some personal accountability on it, too. Doesn't seem like he wants to do that in Edmonton. Maybe maybe there's a revisit. There's been way better players than, yes, a Pugliarvi that have had some challenges in organizations, stuck with it, and made it end up happening. And then there's some other guys that wash out. So it happens. And yes, the Oilers have to assume a portion of the responsibility of the lack of traction on the player. And the player and the agent have to assume a portion of the responsibility and the lack of traction on the player. To those texters who were badgering me for the last two weeks about a Chris Russell, Yessa Pugliarvi package to get the likes of Rasmus Ristolainen out of Buffalo, what say you, Bob? Uh, to me, there's no chance they would do that. I agree. There's no chance Buffalo would do that. Buffalo is Buffalo. You know who Buffalo would want for Rasmus Ristolainen? I, they, they'd want Darnell Nurse. That's who they'd want, right? If they were going to, that's the type of guy. Like they would want an impactful. And if you're the Oilers, um, you know, if you're an Oilers fan, you're hoping, well, maybe Ken Holland can turn Pulyarvi into a really good prospect from another organization. The reality is, you know, like I don't know if I would have traded Paul Yarby for Alex Nylander. I don't know if I would have done that deal. We mentioned Julian Goche before from Carolina. I think the others would need more than Julian Goche. Uh, Volkov from Tampa Bay is a name that's been out there. I think Edmonton might need, you know, I don't know a lot about Volkov. He's had decent numbers. But uh, Pugliarvi certainly was a better prospect than Volkov uh, coming out of the draft. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodwan. When we come back, owner, general manager, uh, head coach 
of the uh, Red Deer Rebels, played over 1,100 games in the NHL, Brent Sutter. And the guy that tells Brent every day how really to do his job, Cam Moon, the Rebels play-by-play voice, coming up on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.